We wish to acknowledge the traditional caretakers of the land we record this podcast on, the Yuggera people and their continued connection to the land and waterways of Yuggera country. We pay our respects to Elders past, present and emerging and to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people. Hello and welcome to the Sports Social, bringing you this week's joy, humanity and heartbreak in sport. Hello, Libby. Hello, Georgie. How was your weekend? Uh, It was pretty good. A lot of um, birthday prep. So it's my youngest daughter's birthday. I did know. Yeah, you you do know. (laughs) (laughs) You are her auntie. Yeah, yeah, she turned three. So it's very exciting. It's very exciting. She's a gorgeous little thing. My children are very excited just to have cake this afternoon. I know, they are very excited. We have so much sport to discuss and so many sort of really interesting little stories to discuss coming out of sport yes. over the last week, which I'm which quite excited about. But before we do that, what we are going to do is speak to a friend of ours in Melbourne. His name is Taj Shambrook. He is a 14-year-old scooter rider. Can I just say I love that we're making friends all over the place. So this, exciting. Right? And that we're learning about new sports. or well, Not new sports, but sports that we don't know anything about. Correct. He is the number one in his age group for scooter riding and has been on and off over the last couple of years. He's just gone and competed at the Junior World Championships and came fifth. Wow. And he's a massive advocate for his sport. He's so big, he's got his own scooter. Wow. Like patented, it's the Taj scooter. It's the Taj. He has product. (laughs) He has product. Uh, did you ever have goggles uh, named after you? No. I had a pink That's a missed suit. market. I had a pink You did, actually. That no. was a really cool swimsuit. That was a pretty Anyway, swimsuit. we're talking about us now. We need to talk about Taj. Let's talk about Taj. Hi, Taj. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. Taj, how did you get into scooter riding? So, I was born in Queensland and then I moved to Melbourne. I was going to go to my local skate park, but it was raining. So then one of mum's friends knew there was an indoor skate park nearby and I went to that skate park. And from there, it just started. I was four years old. So. Four? Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, just, there's like, when you first go in there, there's like a mini section and that's where I started riding. And then there's a bigger section where most of the competitions run with like bigger ramps. And then there's foam pit. And then there's like resi, which is like a box jump with like foam underneath with a, like a black mat on top. How, how did you get started in that kind of environment? Like, are you nervous going down the ramps when you're four years old or you just kind of? Uh, yeah, I was I was at first a little, but it kind of, once I just did it once, it kind of just kicked in. And just I just wasn't nervous. And what's, I like, I'm super interested to know, what is your, either your favourite trick to do or like the most impressive trick that you can do? Um, my favourite trick would probably be a backflip. That's probably my favourite trick. But a backflip combo, which is like where you do like two tricks while you're doing the backflip. And then (laughs) probably, yeah, that's probably also one of my most impressive tricks. So you started scooter riding at four and all of a sudden over the years you've got better and better. And how did you then make it onto like, is there a national team or were you doing national comps and that's led you to overseas competition yeah so there's not only a national team but there is a national comp and to get to the nationals you have to do like three comps three qualifiers and then you have to do one state competition and then you move on to your national and so what's your goal with your scooter riding because I know that 
obviously skateboarding and, you know, quite a lot of really fun, exciting urban sports are coming into like the Olympic level. Do you think scooter riding might make it in there at some point? And is, would that be the uh, goal yeah. for you? Yeah, that is definitely my goal. My mum is helping me trying to get that into the Olympics as of right now. Uh, so you, you two are helping yeah. advocate to get scooter riding into the Olympics? Yeah, my mum and a couple other people are trying to help get it into the Olympics, which I'm very excited about. Yeah, I mean, 2032 in Brisbane, like that's, you know, yeah. Queensland is where you were born. That would be pretty epic. Yeah, yeah it'd be very good. I'm, I'm very, I really wanted to get to the Olympics. I was working very hard to get it into the Olympics. Oh, what a great mum. So, yeah, Taj, do you have to do any other training to help with your scooter riding? Uh, yeah, I do like cardio and a little bit of weight, but I don't do too much weight because then it like tires my muscles out and I can't walk. Totally. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Get you. Yeah. I train a lot. Like. Yeah, so how many hours do you train for your riding? Well, when I, when I am riding, I do about two and a bit to three hours a day, wow. all the, every day, like after school. And then on the weekends, I do about four or five hours. And are you playing any other sports? Are you a cross-coder? No, I'm not playing any other sports. Yeah, I was going to say, but you wouldn't have time. I, <laughs> oh, well, I used to play soccer like, yeah, a year ago. But now in my spare time, I just hang out with friends and play basketball and stuff. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah, Taj, is there anything else we should know about scooter riding? Like we've asked you all the questions, but in reality, you know way more about this than us. What else could you tell us about it? Um, it's like a very community-based sport. Like everyone, when there's competitions, everyone comes together and it's like a really good vibe and like, yeah, it's just really positive and it's like a good vibe to be around. I love that. That's brilliant. I want to take up scooter riding. Well, I don't <laughs> yeah, know if you, you know could. this, Libby, but I scoot with the kids to school sometimes. <laughs> Taj, you should see her scooter setup. It is Quite remarkable. <laughs> Can I just say my scooter tyres are huge yes. as compared <laughs> to Taj's. My mum rides a scooter as well. So she rides yeah, a scooter? Yeah, every now and then when we're in an outdoor skate park, it's fun. I reckon we should try and get together sometime and you can teach uh, Georgie how to do an ollie. I don't even know what that is. Is that is that a scooter? Yeah. I know that's a I know that's a skateboarding term, but it, does that apply to scooting as well? Scooter, uh, scooter riding. Pretty pretty much. We call it a bunny hop. Oh, bunny hop! Totally. Yeah. That's what I meant. I'm going to drop that <laughs> next time I'm at the park. <laughs> yeah. Taj, this has been brilliant. I love I love that we've learnt more about sport, and I love that you're advocating for your sport. I think that yeah. is so impressive for anyone to be out there and someone of your age to be saying hey we should be at the olympics at the olympics i think la yeah bring it on la yeah definitely i really want to be in the olympics and yeah um thank you for having me on here no it's been very fun. our absolute pleasure thank you so much taj you're a legend thank you that was so you, great you guys are too oh, oh thank, thank you. you and thanks to your mum as well thanks mom well done for all your advocacy work yeah that's well. amazing yeah, no problem. Yeah, we've definitely been working hard the last couple of years on lots of um, IOC committees to get it in. Oh, legend. So I think Taj underrates or undersells himself. He's amazing and he's been doing it since four and he's been dedicated since four. So he actually was the youngest ever to have a signature scooter deck in the world. Wow. Yeah. That's incredible. 
You got to drop you. that in there, Taj. Come I on. Know, he doesn't. He doesn't sell himself very well at all. He's um actually was the one of the youngest sponsors ever. So I actually haven't bought him a scooter since he was five because he's been sponsored since. Wow, that is incredible. That's unbelievable. Good on you, Taj. And, um, yeah, now it's just time to continue to promote this amazing sport. That's As you've seen from his Instagram, you can see what kind of amazing tricks they do. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Like, yeah, mind-blowing. Yeah, but thank you. We'll no let worries. you go. You, you have a great day. Thanks, guys. Have a great day at school, Taj. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he's least keen for today. Go for it. <laughs> go hard, Taj. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Oh, Bye. Thank you so much. Isn't he amazing? Oh. I want to go and learn how to scoot. I mean, my ankles are going to be in so much trouble because the scooters swivel around and I just know lifting them in and out of the car, I manage to clock my ankles I, all I the time. I feel like your big scooter wheels are not primed no. for bunny hops or backflips. I'll give it a crack. <laughs> like, I'll have a go. <laughs> um, if you guys want to learn more about Taj, make sure you check out his Instagram at Taj, Taj, Taj. T-A-J, T-A-J, T-A-J. Yes. Simple. I like it. But, yeah, go check him out. He's amazing. And his mum, Cindy, is just – I mean, it, when you're obviously that age, it's it's all about the team that you have around you. And he's got a wonderful supporter in his mum. And, yeah. like, the fact that they're both advocating for the sport to get into the Olympics. And I love amazing. how inclusive they're making it. So I would say that some of those urban sports I find slightly intimidating. I would not have had the perception of a community sport. No. Right? But they're like, come in. We yeah. would like to talk to you. We're really inclusive and that's just that, – that, that's the best. But that's what sport's about. I know. Like that is what sport's about. Gosh. Oh. Goosebumps. So good. Okay. On to what happened last week in sport. There's been a lot. <laughs> Not always good for Australia. No. It hasn't been a bestest ever weekend. As one of my kids would say, it was the bestest ever. This was not the bestest ever. No. We uh, are out of the T20 Men's World Cup. What happened there? Georgie, Ra- break it down for us. Rain. Rain happened. Oh. So that was a bit Always of an issue. blaming the weather. No, it's not really the weather. <laughs> I mean, that's one factor. We didn't have a great for and against in terms of run rate. Mm. So that when it came the to... Old run rate. When it came to looking at the table... We're pretty close to England, and then our run rate didn't tip us over into being number two. Okay. We also. I'm saying okay as though I. Yeah, you're nodding. I like that. Yeah. (laughs) We also probably. I think. Look, I'm not a cricket player, but I've watched a bit of cricket, and I do wonder if we're struggling to be dominant across all three categories of the game. So you've got Test cricket, you've got One Day Internationals, and then you've got T20. What's our jam? Uh, I think Still we're test? stronger in the tests than the one-day internationals. I think we can be really good in T20, but mm. it's it's not a game. It's a really fast game and you've got to be playing a certain style of cricket. And I think if you're trying to play across all three formats, mm. it takes us – I think only specific players can do that. Well, yeah, I was just going to say, isn't Dave Warner? Like he's yes, the T20 man. He, he was, but he's now a lot older He's oh. now 36. So I know. I mean, <laughs> I mean, he's still, still younger than me. <laughs> and I don't want to write. Any, no, I don't want to write anyone off on their age. But is it just? Are we, have we just hit, hit a point in our team where we've matured, and now it's time to bring in new 
talent? Yeah. That, that's, the I guess, the question mm. Australia is probably asking. And it's hard because 12 months ago that was the team that won the World Cup. Yeah, But all of a sudden we don't look we, – we just never hit our stride in that competition. Tired. Yeah. So what, who we have going through, we have – uh, England in that pool and New Zealand. New Zealand's playing really well. Ooh. And then in the other pool, India and Pakistan are through to the semis. As you would have imagined. The great upset that also happened over the weekend was when the Netherlands beat South Africa. Wow. That is a big – I don't even really know cricket and I know that's a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> so – and they were just like – I wouldn't have imagined the Dutch to be good at cricket. One of the best comments I saw – Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Working with Jordan. Thanks, Eddie. All right. I'm, I'll hold that thought. Please I'll be hold. right back. <laughs> Sorry, that was a rookie error. I only put on a 40 minute episode. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for waiting. Huh? Where were we? We were talking cricket. Yes. The Dutch. The Dutch. Yes. They were so excited. They were so shocked themselves that they had won. They said, you know, we. We didn't expect to win any games and I think they've now won two. Wow, two whole games. But they were thrilled. It's awesome. It's so cool. <laughs> Love it. It's kind of why it's important for lots of teams with lots of different capacity and skill sets to come to those World Cups. Even yeah. if as a spectator you think, honestly, why is this country here? Why bother? <laughs> it, it does something. It lifts them all up. It gives them that exposure and... I know Zimbabwe is in a similar position where they didn't expect to win any and mm. they've come out with a couple of wins as well and they're just thrilled. And what it means for that sport in their country mm. is huge. Yeah. Which takes me on another little bit of a tangent. Please. If, if, you, if I may. I'll indulge you. The, the Rugby League World Cup is also on, as we know, poor scheduling. Yes. Um, Terrible. The, the Australian women are playing. They've won a couple of matches now. They're doing very well. And the Australian men. The Gillaroos. The Jillaroos. Get it, girl. <laughs> the Australian men uh, have been playing and they've been winning by, you know, cricket scores worth Amazing. of points. And, again, you watch it and go, why are you here? Why are some of these teams here? Participation. And then I learnt about Greece. In Greece, until August of this year, rugby league was illegal. What? <laughs> of all the things to make illegal, I found rugby league very – it's found it very interesting that rugby league was one of them. That is weird. So what happened was in, in – I think Hold it was – Hold on. You have a spider on your shoulder. What? How does this happen to me? Oh, got it. <laughs> <laughs> what a weird episode. What a weird <laughs> <laughs> and in today's episode – We get interrupted by children. Georgie will be attacked by a spider. I saved you. Oh, that's two things. One more thing is going to happen. Oh, God. What's the third? Okay. Greece. Greece. Illegal. Uh, In 2002, they set up a competition. It was going really well. And then at some point, maybe a couple of years later, it got into some financial difficulty. Whoever was the overarching body managing that got into financial difficulty. They were struck out of the European Rugby League Association, if that's what it's called. Which everyone was like, that's a shame. And so they set up a new league. Okay. Meanwhile, the guy who'd been running the one that became financially in trouble mm-hmm. merged that entity into modern pentathlon in Greece. And so... Seems like a leap. <laughs> it's a classic Greek move. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. of all the sports you could have merged it into, you merged it into modern pentathlon. 
<laughs> I love it's Makes so, so Olympic. <laughs> I love it. So he merged it into modern pentathlon. And so from a I guess a legal perspective, rugby league as a sport in that country sat under modern pentathlon. So this breakaway league that set up yeah. was then illegal. And so oh. to play matches, they would play at midnight. <laughs> they would send a scout to a pitch seven hours away who would then – like a decoy. He'd then put up a post on Instagram saying, oh, the pitch looks amazing, so looking forward to the game. And all the police would run to that that pitch. Meanwhile, they're playing the game – At midnight. At midnight, seven hours in the opposite direction. <laughs> they're so passionate about rugby league. This is what they were doing. Have they won? Did they win anything? No. Oh. <laughs> But they got to but go about it. and they're really passionate about I it. I love it. So good. <laughs> it's not the best story. <laughs> I, when I stumbled across it, I was like, but, but why can't they play? Like everyone said it was illegal and I sort of was like, but why? Is it like the Super League? Yeah, I guess it's just bureaucracy. Yeah. Bu- bureaucracy gone bananas. Literally bananas. Literally bananas. <laughs> that is very good research, Georgie. I know. I went deep. It was hours. Ben, ben looks at me. He's like, what are you doing? I was like, did you know? They couldn't play. <laughs> they couldn't. It was under modern pentathlon. Of course it was. <laughs> Can you imagine? No, I'm not even going to go there. In other disappointing Australian sports news, the Wallabies. They won. They lost. <laughs> <laughs> to France. By one point in the last five minutes of the game. I was going to say the name of the stadium that they always lose at, but now I can't remember it. No, it wasn't, in, it wasn't in New Zealand. <sighs> no. Uh, now Hampstead that na- Park? No, it's not Hampstead. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> no. And now the name has fallen out of my I'm head sorry. because you've jinxed me. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's the third thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the Wallabies lost to France in France. Mm. We're not on a good trot with the Wallabies, are we? No, but... Maybe we'll get it together by the World Cup next year. France is now touted as the best rugby nation in the world. Okay, so we were lost to the best. We lost to the best, but we could have, but we nearly beat them. Mm. Thankfully, the men's Aussie Sevens just won the Hong Kong Sevens. Oh, amazing. So thank you, Aussie Sevens, for yes. propping up Australian Rugby Union. <laughs> In some way. In some way. <laughs> You've got a big burden to carry right they're, now. <laughs> they're doing – the Aussie men's sevens team are doing a great job at the moment. They've cleaned up a couple of titles this year, just leaps and bounds, and they hadn't won this tournament since 1988. And the sevens is the version of rugby union that's in the Olympics, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So that's good. Yeah, it's amazing. Awesome. Also, fun fact, the New York Marathon happened – Overnight? Yes. Yeah, we had a couple of Aussies over there. Yes, so Jess Trenson, who... Trengrove? No, Trenson. Trenson, sorry. Good try, though. Sorry, um, Jess. <laughs> who won the gold at the Commonwealth Games. Mm. It was her first New York marathon. She placed ninth. Oh, amazing. And Eloise... Wellings. Wellings placed a couple of minutes after Jess. I didn't actually see what her place was. And we also had a mate of ours, Ruth, who we did Coast Trek in. Yes. Who was doing the New York Marathon. We still haven't heard what how she went, but we, we hope she had a great time. Just a couple of minutes behind just, she Jess would have just Eloise. Jess Eloise, then Rofi. Yeah, exactly. Obviously. Just, just, just a bit back. How do you get into the New York Marathon? Because I've looked into it and isn't it some sort of really? lottery? Yeah. 
<sighs> oh no, I don't like. If I was ever to do a marathon, it would be an amazing marathon. To it do. would be a destination marathon. Yeah, atmosphere. Why would you do it? <laughs> why would you put yourself through that? <laughs> In Australia, we get allocated a number of tickets, and then you go through a travel organisation. I think you have to go through ah. them to get the tickets. Okay, I think that's how. It works. I thought it was some sort of lottery. Maybe if you're a U.S. citizen, got you. I think for Jess and Eloise, they're oh no, they probably they're elite straight through. Yeah, <laughs> just like you in a swimming event, obviously. <laughs> I don't think I don't think I'd even get a wild card these days. <laughs> <laughs> I swam once. I swam. Let me. In. I have a pink speed suit. <laughs> I don't fit it anymore, but that's okay. Yeah, I was a deal. <laughs> AFLW. Yes. When's the final? In a couple of weeks. Calm down. <laughs> well, I just have seen the hype. It's very it's exciting. Big. Um, the Lions are straight through to the preliminary finals. There's two semifinals happening this weekend. And what was brilliant about AFLW over the weekend, aside from the exceptional competition, was that some of those matches were sold out. Yes. So, Which I just – doesn't a little part of you go – Sucked in <laughs> to a certain somebody <laughs> who we will not name. Absolutely. But a pale, stale male who made some comments turns a little while out, ago. Turns out it's a big deal. Turns out people want to watch. Who knew? Nicole knew. Nicole knew. She had the vision. Yeah. Our mate Nick. She knew. I want to talk to you about what I've been listening to. Oh, interesting. This week. And it was an episode of The Imperfects. Mm. Where they interviewed Kate Reed, oh. who is now the owner or founder of Loon Bakery or Patisserie in Melbourne. Uh, Look at your eyes light up. Have you been there? Well, no, there's one in Brisbane. No. Yes. How did you not know this? Where is this bakery in South Brisbane? Bank. <gasps> or South Brisbane, West End, maybe. Yes. Let's go right now. Okay. So <laughs> screw the rest of this yeah. episode. Bye. <laughs> no, we'll stay. So the most delicious. I just need to have a moment. The most delicious croissants. So let me tell you about Kate Reid. Please tell me. And the reason I was like, I have to listen to this now, 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 now. She is an aerospace engineer. Okay. By background. Makes sense. From the age of is that eight. why it's called Loon? I don't, what does that have to do with Wouldn't anything? that be like to do with the moon? No? Libby. No? I don't know. <laughs> is that not a thing? I feel like we're outside of our lane. <laughs> Maybe it's like the French word for like moon. No? Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm we need to look this up. <laughs> Jason's, Jason's like, God. Jason's looking it up right now. <laughs> Let me keep telling the story. Please. So she is an aerospace engineer who from, the, from a very young age wanted to work in F1. Ah. It's just everywhere. We are everywhere we look. We everywhere. see more reasons to watch this sport. I think Jason's got the answer. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know if I'm right. No, you're not. <laughs> I've just looked up the dictionary meaning of loon. A crescent-shaped figure formed on a sphere or plane by two arcs intersecting at two points. Oh, that is I don't beautiful. know what that means, but... It means croissant. It means... <laughs> In French. And In French. crescent. Yeah. Like a moon. Oh. Crescent and croissant aren't the same. <laughs> Loon and Luna are not the same. <laughs> it's an ode to. I'll do some research. Okay. I'll see if I can find a line Let's chat to that Kate. we can draw between two of them. <laughs> so she worked, she then went on to work for Williams in what? their F1 team. 
and design helped design cars. Amazing. It was and how on earth did she start Loon? Well, she had quite a time at F1. Like it was a very high performance, dis- highly disciplined, ridiculous hours. Oh yeah, I can only imagine. Environment and also she was the only female mm. at McWilliams, and also probably McWilliams. Oh, did I just call it McWilliams? <laughs> <sighs> at Williams, so professional. Just Williams. Just or just Williams. Just Williams. She was the only female at. Williams outside of you know HR marketing all that sort of thing mm. in the actual design car area uh, so I think it was very intense very high pressurized um, environment and eventually she came back to Australia and just needed a complete change it's a two-part episode so I haven't even heard the second one I just heard the first part which was all about F1 and the environment and what it was like to work there and it was just utterly fasc- fascinating but she then put that discipline and rigor that she had from her time at Williams and in F1 into croissants. And we are all the better for it. Thank goodness. Thank goodness for her and what her a, croissants. What an amazing industry step. <laughs> it is the correct move in my mind. Mm. <laughs> I mean, I love F1. I love croissants more. <laughs> <laughs> Who wouldn't? Who wouldn't? Thanks for that. That was amazing. Mm. So go and listen to that episode of The Imperfects if you... Yeah, I mean, The Imperfects is amazing. So big shout out to we them love anyway. them. <laughs> we love them. Absolutely. So I watched over the weekend a documentary, which is actually really old. It's about 11 years old, about Senna, Ayrton Senna. They were pronouncing it Ayrton, but I don't know. Was it American? Could be. Well, he's Brazilian. Oh, okay. But he was an F1 driver, one of the best. He won three championships. It was such a good documentary, really incredibly well put together, but I like I temper this with he passes away. He ends up having a fatal crash in one of the races um, in Italy, and so you need to know that going in. I mean, it's not a spoiler. It's uh, well, I didn't realize. Oh, <laughs> I was like, did he die? Oh, God. <laughs> Which is terrible. But um, it it was a it's so fascinating because it's at that time of F one where the safety protocols are seemingly non-existent, mm. like non-existent. It, like, uh, Was this the 80s? 80s, 90s. Mm. He had his crash in 94. Mm. So, but it, it's so interesting because like after a couple of race wins, like he would just like undo his buckle and then like almost – look like he's about to stand up out of the car while it's still <laughs> racing. I'm like, this doesn't seem safe at all. And on the race, uh, on the weekend that he passed away, there was another fatal incident as well as another crash on an earlier qualifying round as well. So, but after that, they have put into place a huge amount of safety protocols, obviously, and since then have not had a single fatal, a single fatality uh, in racing. What about the guy who went into the tractor? Yeah, there was a crash at the Japanese Grand Prix. It was raining. Did he die? Yeah. yeah. Slid off the track and there was a tractor removing another car. Oh, God. And he hit the tractor and died. Like I said, it was 11 years ago that this was Oh, yes. Okay, that's out. probably accurate. Yeah. yeah. What is this documentary called? It's called Senna. Oh. S-E-N-N-A. I'm pretty sure it's on Stan. Okay. It's really, really brilliant. It's, eh, yeah. 
it's just I you have to go watch it. It is confronting. So just putting that out there, but highly recommend. I do wonder if some of these athletes in these extreme sports like F1 and and I, when you said he was, you know, standing up in a car that was going mm. at incredible speeds and you're thinking, what what are you thinking? Like, mm. why would you do that? It kind of reminded me of the guy in Free Solo who's climbing the most sheer rock wall you've ever seen without a rope. Mm. There must be something in their brain. Oh, there's something missing. That like. says, you're fine. Yeah. So... Amazing. Highly recommend. I'm going to go watch that this weekend. Yes, you should. Okay. Thank you for listening to the Sports Social. If you like what you heard, please feel free to go back and listen to other episodes. Yeah, we have lots of really good episodes in our back (laughs) catalogue. We've got a few in our back catalogue now. Libby also has another podcast called All That Glitters where she interviews retired athletes about their transition from the bright lights of the sporting world to real life. <laughs> to real life. And they're really fascinating chats. And last week you spoke to Bianca Chatfield. She was magic. Just a beautiful human who had some great stories and insights about what it was like to move out of netball and into the real world. Yeah, she was awesome. Go have a listen to that. If you want to check us out on social media, we're at the Sports Social Podcast. And, yeah, as always, like for us, liking, subscribing, rating and reviews are – so important for us to kind of get in the podcast charts and things like that. So it may seem like a, a second for you, but for us, it's a, a massive deal. So we appreciate everyone who takes the time. Thank you. And Libby Neal needs to go back to her children because Paw Patrol will run out shortly. <laughs> the TV is clocking off. The magical TV <laughs> may not hold any longer. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.